Alamapah friends, welcome to Scattering Angels. It's the 13th day of questions, the year 175 of the Badi calendar, December 24th, 2018, Christmas Eve. I'm going to read a couple of passages. Today, the first one is uh, from Baha'i Library Online. It's titled Abdul Baha on Christ and Christianity. It was from an interview with Pastor Monnier on the relationship between the Baha'i faith and Christianity in Paris. I believe it was on February 17, 1917. It begins, now this is um, an interview, so it's a back and forth between Bastier Monnier and Abdu'l-Bahá. It begins with Pastor Monnier. We are very happy to find amongst us one who has come on the part of God and has brought to us a divine message. Abdu'l-Bahá states, one endowed with the power of hearing shall hear the mysteries of God from all things, and all creation will convey to him the divine message. Pastor Monnier says, If you permit us, we would like to ask a question. As we are students of theology and in the rank of clergy, we would like to know your belief about Christ, who he was and what he was. Abdu'l-Bahá replied, our belief in regard to Christ is exactly what is recorded in the, in the New Testament. However, we elucidate this manner and do not speak literally or in a manner based merely on blind belief. For instance, it is recorded in the Gospel of St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The majority of Christians accept this as a matter of belief, but we give an explanation which is accepted by reason, an explanation that no one need occasion to reject. The Christians have made this statement the foundation of the Trinity, but philosophers deny it as mere superstition, stating that the Trinity as regards the identity of divinity is impossible, and in turn the Christians do not give a satisfactory explanation and interpretation that can be accepted by the philosophers as the former base their whole exposition of this subject upon the authority of the Holy Scriptures. The latter do not accept it, saying, it is, is it possible to have three in one and one in three? We explain this subject as follows. By the word, we mean that creation with its infinite forms is like unto letters. A letter individually has no meaning, no independent significance. But the station of Christ is the station of the Word. That is why we say Christ is the Word. By complete significance, we mean that the infinite bestowal of divinity is manifest in Christ. It is obvious that the evolution of other souls is approximate, or only a part of, the whole. But the perfections of the Christ are universal, or the whole. The reality of Christ is the collective center of all the independent virtues and infinite significances. For example, this lamp sheds light. The moon also illumines the night with its silvery beams, but their light is not self-created. They receive their light from another source, but His Holiness the Christ is like unto the sun. His light issued forth from His own identity. He has not received it through another person. Therefore, we give him the comprehensive title of the Word. 
By this we mean that the all-comprehending reality and the depository of the infinite divine virtues. This word has an honor, has an honorary beginning, and not a beginning in time. For instance, we say this person has precedence over all. This precedence comes to him through the station and honor which he now holds in life, but it is not a precedence of time. In reality, the word has neither a beginning nor ending. It means those perfections which appeared in Christ and not his physical body. Those perfections were from God. It is similar to the rays of the sun, which are reflected in a clear mirror. The perfections of Christ were the splendor and bounty of divinity. It is evident that these qualities were ever with God. Even at this time they are with him. They are inseparable from him because divinity is not subject to division. Division is a sign of imperfection, and God is the perfect one. It is clear that the perfections of divinity are co-equal and co-existent with the essence. In that station there is absolute unity. This, in brief, is the exposition of the station of Christ. Pastor Monnier asked, what is the similarity between the cause of Christ and that of Baha'u'llah, and what relation do they hold towards each other? Abdu'l-Bahá replied, The foundation of the religion of God is one. The same basis which was laid by Christ and later on was forgotten has been renewed by His Holiness Baha'u'llah. Each divine revelation is divided into two parts, the first part is essential and belongs to the world of morality. It is the exposition of significances and realities. It is the expression of the love of God, the knowledge of God. This is one in all religions, unchangeable and immutable. The second part is inessential. It belongs to practical life, to transactions and business, and changes according to the requirements of the time of each prophet. These moral laws are the reflections on this plane of the divine laws, and they become the medium for transmuting the thought of man into his reality. The moral laws change as the horizon of man extends. For example, during the days of His Holiness Moses, the foundation and the origin of the religion of God spelled morality, and that has not changed in the Christian dispensation but certain differences crept in through the change of the second part of the religion. For during the, during the Mosaic period, the hand of a person was cut off in punishment of a small theft. There was the law of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This was according to the spirit of the age, but as these laws were impracticable at the time of Christ, they were abrogated. Likewise, divorce had become so universal and so easily put into practice that there remained no fixed laws of marriage. Therefore, His Holiness Christ forbade it. According to the exigencies of the time, His Holiness Moses revealed ten laws for capital punishment. It was impossible at that time to protect the community and preserve social security. Without these severe measures, for the children of Israel lived in the wilderness of Ta, Sinai, and they could not protect their rights and establish safety without these severe measures. 
but they were not needed in the time of Christ and were abolished. The difference in the second part of religion is unimportant because it belongs to the customs of life only, but the foundation of the religion is one, and His Holiness Baha'u'llah has renewed that foundation. The cause of Christ was wholly spiritual. He did not change anything save the Sabbath, certain laws of conduct, and the law of divorce. All the sayings of Christ deal with the knowledge of God, with the oneness of the world of humanity, the moral relations between hearts and spiritual susceptibilities. His Holiness Baha'u'llah created these merciful sentiments in the most complete form and deposited them in the hearts of men. This is in keeping with the teachings of Christ because it is the reality, and the reality does not change. Is it possible to say that divine unity is divisible, or the knowledge of God, the oneness of the world of humanity, universal love, and the solidarity of the human race, are they ever subject to transformation? No, I declare by God, they are immutable, for they are the reality. Pastor Monnier asked, What is the relationship of Christ and Baha'u'llah with God? Abdu'l-Baha replied, his Holiness Christ said, The Father is in me. This we must understand through logical and scientific evidences, for if we do not conform religious principles with science and reason, they do not inspire the heart with confidence and assurance. It is said that once John of Chrysostom was walking along the seashore, thinking over the question of the Trinity, trying to reconcile it with finite reason. Suddenly his attention was attracted by a boy sitting on the shore putting water into a cup. Approaching him, he asked, My child, what art thou doing? I am trying to put the sea into this cup, he answered. How foolish art thou, John replied, in trying to do the impossible. The child rejoined, Thy work is stranger than mine, for thou art laboring to bring within the grasp of human intellect the conception of the Trinity. Let us investigate independently the reality of this matter. What is the meaning of the Father and the Son? We say that this fatherhood and sonship are allegorical and symbolical. The messianic reality is like unto a mirror through which the Son of Divinity has become resplendent. If this mirror expresses, The light is in me, it is sincere in its claim. Therefore Jesus was truthful when he said, The Father is in me. The sun which is in the sky and the mirror, the sun and the mirror are one, are they not? And yet we see there are apparently two suns. Let us investigate reality and not follow imitations. The Jews were expecting the coming of the Messiah, lamenting day and night, saying, O God, send to us our Deliverer. But as they walked on the path of dogmas rather than reality, when the Messiah appeared, they denied him. Had they been the investigators of reality, they would not have crucified, but would have recognized him instantly. Pastor Monnier asked, Is the unification of religion possible? If so, when and how and through what channel will it be realized? Abdu'l-Baha replied, When the devotees of religion cast aside their dogmas and ritualism, the unification of religion will be in sight. 
and the realities of the holy books will become unveiled. In these days misunderstandings are rife, but when these misunderstandings and blind imitations are relinquished, the sun of reality shall dawn. When in San Francisco I was invited to speak in a Jewish synagogue, I said, For about two thousand years, between you and the Christians, there have been friction and opposition, owing to the misunderstanding which today have blinded the eyes. You conceive that His Holiness the Christ was the enemy of Moses, the destroyer of the laws of the Pentateuch, the abrogator of the commandments of the Bible. When we investigate the reality, we observe that Christ appeared at a time when, according to your own historians, the laws of the Torah were forgotten, the foundation of religion and faith was shaken. Nebuchadnezzar had come, burned the contents of the whole Bible, and taking into captivity many Jewish tribes. Alexander the Great came for the second time, and Titus, the Roman general, devastated the land for a third time, killed the Jews, pillaged their property, and imprisoned their children. At such a time, under such gloomy conditions, His Holiness the Christ appeared. The first thing He said was, The Torah is the divine book. Moses is the man of God. Aaron, Solomon, Isaiah, Zechariah, and all the Israelite prophets are valid and true. Through all religions He spread the Old Testament, which for 1,500 years had not been sent out of Palestine but Christ promulgated it in all countries. Were it not for Christ, the name of Moses and his book would not have reached America. For during 1,500 years the Torah had been translated but once. It was Christ's seal of approval which caused it to be translated into 600 languages. Now be just, was Christ the friend or the enemy of Moses? You say he abrogated the Torah, but I say he promulgated the Torah, the Ten Commandments, and all the questions which belong to its moral world. But he changed the following, that for a small theft one must cut off the hand. If a person blind another, he must be blinded, or if he breaks another's teeth, his teeth must be broken. It is possible nowadays to establish the archaic laws of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Christ changed only that part of the Mosaic religion which did not accord with the spirit of his time. He had no desire to abolish the Torah. Is it not true that Christians believe that Moses was the high prophet of God and all the Israelite seers were the messengers of God and the Bible the book of God? Has this belief of theirs harmed their religion? If you say from your heart that Christ is the word of God, then all these differences will cease. The persecutions of the last two thousand years have been on account of this fact, that you were not willing to proclaim these two words. But I hope that is proven to you that Moses had no better friend than His Holiness the Christ. Today the enmity and rivalry existing between the religions are over mere words. It is an established fact that the followers of all the religions believe in a reality, the benefits of which are universal, which reality is a medium between God and man. The Jews call that reality Moses, the Christians Christ, 
the Muslims Muhammad, the Buddhists Buddha, and the Zoroastrians Zoroaster. Now mark well that none of these religions is religionists has have ever seen the founders. They have only heard his name. If they overlooked these names, they would realize that they all believed in a perfect reality which is an intermediary between the Almighty and the creatures. Should you speak to a Jew about the medium or channel between God and man, without referring to any particular name or person, he would say, Yes, this is right, but I say the name of this mediator is Moses. If you give the exposition of this divine philosophy to the followers of each religion, they will agree with you in the abstract, but they will stick to the names of their own prophets and arise in contention and strife over these names. The Jews believe, believe the Jew believes in Christ, though he knows it not, and is quibbling over the mere name. There have been wars and rumors of war amongst people of the world for many thousand years. Much innocent blood has been shed. Many kingdoms and empires have been laid waste. Is it not enough? Religion should be the means of good fellowship and love. It must upraise the standard of harmony and solidarity. If religion is conducive to hatred and enmity, its existence is harmful to the welfare of the community. God has founded religion so that it might be the bond of amity and mutual association between the peoples. His Holiness the Christ did not sacrifice his life so that the people might believe the doctrine that he is the word of God, nay, rather he gave his life so that he might bestow the consciousness of eternal life to the world of humanity. That is why he said, Jesus, the Son of Man, is come to give life to the world. The reality has been forgotten by the people, and the doctrine of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has been substituted. The original foundation has been lost sight of. Christ said, If one strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Is there any relation between this commandment and bloody events taking place today? The religious differences between the Catholics and Protestants have caused a deluge of bloodshed. What relation have these events with the statement of Christ when he addressed Peter? Put thy sword into the scabbard. When we hold fast to the foundations of the religions of God, differences will be dispelled. And I'm going to continue now with a quote from the Bible. This is the King James Version. It is John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And I'm going to continue our reading of the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. We are on the 57th and 58th hidden word from the Arabic. O son of man, bestow my wealth upon my poor, that in heaven thou mayest draw from stores of unfading splendor and treasures of imperishable glory. But by my life to offer up thy soul is a more glorious thing, couldst thou but see with mine eye. O son of man, the temple of being is my throne. 
cleanse it of all things, that there I may be established, and there I may abide. And I'd like to close today with a prayer for unity. It used to be in the old blue prayer books for all of you old Baha'is that used to have one of those, but it's not in the new prayer book. I found it on Baha'iPrayers.org. Oh my God, oh my God, unite the hearts of thy servants and reveal to them thy great purpose. May they follow thy commandments and abide in thy law. Help them, O God, in their endeavor and grant them strength to serve thee. O God, leave them not to themselves, but guide their steps by the light of thy knowledge and cheer their hearts by thy love. Verily, thou art their helper and their Lord. Baha'u'llah. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful winter day at Scattering Angels. I will be back at a later date. I'm not going to make any promises, but I will try for Wednesday and Friday of this week. Thank you very much for your patience in that department. And um, I look forward to uh, seeing you here again. Thank you very much. Allah